Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Safety and Health podcast by SHP. My name's Mark Glover. I'm the editor here at SHP, and I'm really glad that you're able to join us again today. So today we've got a really important topic, I think, for the pod. It's one that we are writing about on on the websites. Conversations that are definitely going on within the profession are, are about this. And it's something I think that the profession is sort of continuing to, to grapple with in a bit. And that is essentially inspiring the next generation of health and safety professionals about getting people to want to come into the sector. And just to help me unpack this, I'm delighted to say I've got Darren Ford with me. Darren is Head of Organisational Development and Learning Development at ARCO. Good afternoon, Darren. Thanks for being on the podcast. Afternoon, Mark. Thanks for having me. Actually, I must say before I get chatting to Darren, we've got a a special guest at the end. Darren's going to be interviewing Katie Dale, who was an apprentice at ARCO and is now a safety, health and environmental coordinator at ARCO and has been for a couple of months. And Darren's obviously been working closely with Katie on that. So we've got a bit of a case study there. So Darren's going to be doing like a mini interview with, with Katie towards the end. Do stick around for that. It should be really insightful into how uh, Katie's achieved what she's achieved. But um, Darren, you wrote a really good article for us uh, a couple of months ago on this very topic about getting people, getting young people into the the sector. Um, I'll actually drop a a link in the show notes below so people can read that later on if they haven't done so already. And actually, that's a bit of a framework about what we're going to be talking about today. And we're going to unpack and unthread a few of the themes that that, that came up there. But to kick off with, Darren, if, if I could, Probably a big question to start with, but um, essentially I'm, I'm paraphrasing because it is more complex than this. But simply put, we're the profession is sort of struggling a little bit of a moment in terms of knowledge. Knowledge is essentially dropping off as as people retire. They're taking tacit knowledge with them, which I think is a really lovely way to to, to describe it. Symbolically, there's something I think it, this idea of a burning platform of, of things falling off in the end and, and nothing sort of coming coming behind. So, Darren, if I could start off a ten, just can you give us a bit of an overview about how we got here? What, how did this gap and when did this gap start start to appear? If I can throw that one at you first thing. Yeah, Mark, let me, let me see if I can unpick that a bit. So we're in a situation, I believe, at the moment where, you know, as we come out the back of the pandemic, there's been a, an increased focus around health and safety generally as a result of COVID. And we've seen the profile of health and safety increase significantly across almost all organisations as they start to tackle not just the health and safety of people in the face of COVID, but also in terms of a shifting in terms of the way that people work. So people working more from home and there's been a significant increase in focus around mental well-being. So this is a big topics that have really been dealt with more prominently by health and safety people and actually raises the agenda of health and safety out of almost an operational level into more of a strategic level. So you've got mm-hmm. more exec boards looking to seek advice from health and safety experts across the organization. Mm-hmm. So I think demand for health and safety expertise has increased, but I think In contrast to that, we've also seen as a result of the pandemic and a lot of people making different decisions around, you know, what was important to them in their lives, etc. A number of factors have led to actually what's been a boom in early retirement across those, you know, 
from 50s and onwards. And the ONS, you know, are sharing statistics around that continually at the moment around, mm. you know, more 50 to 65 year olds who are just choosing to retire early. So you, you end up with this higher demand for expertise, but at the same time, there's also been a greater, uh, you know, let's call a brain drain of expertise out of the marketplace. And traditionally, the route at which people used to come into the health and safety field was almost as if it was an, an add-on responsibility to somebody who was like an operational manager, you know, oh, well, actually, you're going to take on responsibility for health and safety. And therefore, you, you don't necessarily have profession growing from ground roots. You end up with the profession developing more organically through people leaving. So, I think there's a load there's a load of factors that have driven us to where we are today in terms of this increased brain drain but less people necessarily coming in at ground level. Absolutely. It's interesting isn't it actually Darren that you know the, the pandemic has had I mean it's just fundamentally shifted everything hasn't it you know in terms of life and, and life but I think in terms of health and safety it really I don't think in terms of the world of work, I guess, I don't think this hybrid work model that's starting to, to, to come around now, that wouldn't have happened, I don't think. I think now that people going to work five days a week is in the offices, people don't, it, that doesn't seem normal anymore. But that couldn't have happened without this without this shift. And it just, that's something that no one really could see coming. And I, and I totally agree with you about the emphasis that's now being put on the health and safety professional, because well, it was there. But now, as you said, the executive, the board leaders have gone, oh, crikey, this is something we need to we need to think about now. And it's interesting that that's played out in the way the way that it has. But it's a shame that it had to take a pandemic, you know, for for something like that to happen. I mean, I, I guess that when you end up with these situations coming along, it's significant events that drive significant catalysts for significant change. Yeah. And that's what we've got going on at the moment. You know, yeah. it, it was incredibly turbulent right the way through 2020 and into 2021, as you saw workplaces fundamentally change and working practices fundamentally change. You know, we, we saw everybody was shifted into either whether if he was a key worker in terms of working in environments where you couldn't necessarily connect with people as well, right the way through to people working from home who are only ever actually having the opportunity to interact with people virtually. But I think what comes from that also is the fact that people's perspectives on their work-life balance fundamentally shifted as well. I've been a beneficiary of being able to leverage technology far more effectively to hold meetings and to deliver training and to drive in new skills into organizations. So yeah, massive change. Funny you bring up technology because that links quite nicely into my my next question. And my next question is sort of drilling down a bit more and how we get how the profession can encourage young young people to come into the sector. I was just thinking that perhaps, you know, the pandemic as well has shone a light on you know, professionals that I've spoken to have said how it really I think shown the skillful nature of people. It's, it's something that I think that can be conveyed to young people coming in say look this is what we achieved during covid this is what this is how important that the sector was but um just bring it back to technology this might be a sweeping statement I, I'm, I'm not sure but young people i would say it's fair to say do have a firmer grasp of technology they're born into technology i i, I guess it, it's something that's natural to them and i also think something you touched on a bit as well 
before um, Darren's back. There's a bit more expectancy about their rights when it comes to mental health and well-being. And it's got better in terms of stigmas, not so much stigma. So young people just not expect in an arrogant way, but just well-being. That's just what I need. It's, it's part of my life. Is this something that perhaps we could utilise or take advantage of when thinking about trying to encourage young people into the profession? Completely, Mark. Absolutely. So, I mean, we're looking now at this next generation, Gen Z, as they're referred to. This is our first group of digital natives. They grew up with technology. More than just growing up with technology, they seek to use technology to solve problems. Their first point is, how can we use technology? How can we use our own digital skills to go on and solve tomorrow's problems today? Whereas before it would have been, let's adopt a new way of working. Today, this generation is, how can we leverage technology to solve those problems, solve the problems and encounter the problems we, we, we see today? And I think because of that, they are enabled because of technology to leverage innovation in very, very different ways. We've got health and safety solutions now utilizing virtual reality, augmented reality to, to drive out a better experience for people in the workplace, to drive out new training and new skills. And that's come from this group of digital natives that absolutely have this mindset of innovation and utilizing technology to solve problems. I think talking around the expectations of work, fundamentally, they have a different expectation of work. They want to be in charge of their own careers and their own career development, for sure. They want technology to be a big part of that. But I think they also want the flexibility to work in their way. The flexibility of technology has allowed them to go and do so. You know, the, the nine to five days now is definitely being kind of shattered and people are working in, in far more flexible ways. And they want that because it suits their, their lifestyle. It suits the way they want to strike that balance between work and personal lives. I think the other bit that I, I'm, as a father of young teens or preteens, just the whole social media tools that are available there for people to share information is another fundamental shift that I'm always having to play catch up on in terms of how information is shared across those groups. So yeah, huge opportunities there with regards to the next generation coming in. And it's definitely something that the health and safety industry has got to seize the benefits from. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, one, one word that, that stuck out there, Darren, when you just gave that really good answer was innovation. And I think um, it's perhaps something that those of us outside, people outside of the sector might not associate with with health and safety. They think it's, you know, very tip, very straightforward and a bit bit conservative. But you, you hit the nail on the head in terms of the, 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 the technology that can be used in health and safety now around AI and, and, and things that, that, that can be touched on. It seems a really good partner for it, a really good conduit for it. I remember when uh, having a conversation a, a while ago, and I, I don't know. People might know this is my second stint as working editorially at SHP. My first stint was about seven, eight years ago when technology as such wasn't really on, on, on the scene as it is now. And we were constantly debating the word innovation and what does innovation mean in health and safety? And there wasn't really, oh, is this new special glove or something, or which it might have been, or is it something here? But now that we've got technology, 
and we've got the potential for this new generation to, to come in. I, I think we might be starting to see genuine innovation through health and safety for an important reason to help and sort of keep people alive. I, what's it, it seems perfect to me. Yeah, I mean, if you even if you just look in the training well, where I yeah. tend to spend the bulk of my time, the one of the challenges you've got is to how do you create a greater level of awareness around the risks involved in certain types of working? Now, if I can expose people to those environments, it creates heightened risk awareness by doing that. But I want to yeah. do that in a safe way. Yeah, so, of course. You know, yeah. You, utilizing things like virtual reality and augmented reality, it's, yeah. it's an amazing way to heighten people's you know, sense of risk awareness and hazard spotting, et cetera, rather than the old days of looking at you know documents and slide decks. Being able to bring that to life is incredible. And, and I am, I'm in constant awe of how uh, the new tools that are coming online uh, help health and safety professionals to take that yeah. on. Yeah, absolutely. It's an, it, is an, it is an exciting time. Next question, Darren, and I've put, so what do you think the solution is, which is a far too big a question, but I'm going to hone it down a bit more. We touched on people who are retiring and retiring early. And, you know, perhaps we thought that was, okay, well, thanks very much. Thanks for, for helping. Bye. But there might is there some way in utilizing that knowledge about a mentoring or something like that could could that be a way we could take back what might go away there's two ends to this so yeah. if we if we let's look at the people the, that community of people that have either just taken early retirement or looking to take early retirement or just retiring it generally these are people that are leaving with years upon years of tacit knowledge you know amazing experience that could absolutely support the current generation of health and safety managers as well as the next generation of health and safety professionals coming in and the best way is for organizations right the way across the uk to look at ways in which how can i tap into that knowledge how can i tap into that expertise with opportunities to either coach the existing health and safety professionals or the future health and safety professionals or mentoring or even engaging with a degree of sort of you know intermittent consultancy i think what's interesting that's also fueling this is with the current economic pressures that we're all feeling you know with rising costs and inflation etc even those people that took early retirement a year ago may well be looking at ways to supplement their existing income their existing pensions by perhaps returning to work for one or two days a week. And again, I think organizations would be well served to explore how do we reconnect with our retired workforce and trapping into their knowledge rather than just always think about, right, well, I need to bring that you know, new consultancy in or that new skill in. Because So I think there is a, a an energy and a workforce there that they could possibly explore. I think going to the other end, and, and I covered this off in the article, Mark, was organizations should be connecting and investing more in outreach in terms of further education uh, organizations to really raise the profile of health and safety as a profession and i don't think there's enough that goes on in that space i'm certainly not aware when i go to careers events of many organizations talking about health and safety as a profession but it absolutely is 
And the more you can talk about it and the factors of health and safety, it's got to be better for everybody because people go into the workplace with a heightened understanding around health and safety and their own safety, but also the safety of others. But also there's an opportunity that you've got those health and safety experts of the future just sort of keying into the marketplace and, and, and thinking, actually, do you know what? There might be an opportunity for me there, whether it be in risk management, whether it be in compliance, or actually whether it may, may be in you know, mental health, furthering that agenda in terms of uh, well-being. I think your point about most of the, the majority of people that I speak to, perhaps professionals who are at the latter stages of, of their career, the idea of yeah giving something back I think a lot of them are very keen to do that and there's also something quite nice isn't there about being asked to do something like that being asked to be a mentor which is a, a really great thing I had one when I was studying journalism and my first couple of jobs it really helps and I don't see why that can't be applied here just solely because it seems such a waste doesn't it for, for things to drop off and um, not to tap back into that. There's a bit here around accessing the the wisdoms that these wisdoms yeah and those areas of you know the the techniques they use for problem solving Hmm. you know which is an is an absence actually with people that are just entering the workplace because they've never Hmm. had to deal with workplace problems yet Hmm. so being able to bring in some of those employment baseline skills and accessing some of those from the people that are leaving the workplace place that wisdom that they can bring and I think that there's also something incredibly powerful I mean some of the some of the best health and safety training I have sat through are incredibly experienced people that have some amazing anecdotes yeah yeah. what they've seen and what they've experienced and it's so engaging yeah to hear about what they've had to face into and and it can be really infusing for those people that are facing the challenges of of today and tomorrow to know that do you know what there is a way forward you know, yeah. if you adopt some of those baseline skills yeah, that's really another really good point Darren if some if you're speaking to someone who is backing up theory with real life case study and then you as a learner I guess you'd know better than me but you as a learner would go yeah that makes sense yeah I can see that he or she is they've done that and that's this is this is rather than just bang 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 going through bullet point by by bullet point yeah, because they've earned their credibility. Yeah, quite. Through, through yeah. years of experience. So yeah. why would you not want to listen to these people? Why would you Absolutely. not want to access that uh, that that Wis- wisdoms? Yeah, like wisdoms yeah. is the word I've written down here. That's that's a nice nice way of, of, of putting it. Right, we, we touched on technology. What you know, the present trying to get people to to come into the sector. This idea of having to raise the sector's profile that seems to be the the magic bullet, perhaps. But another big question but how how could we go about that well for me it would be around the facets of health and safety within all of the organization's social value agendas right the way across the business so you know all organizations have to have a focus on health and safety including that within your social value agenda would be amazing the uk has some of the best apprenticeship standards anywhere We've got the brand new apprenticeship standards for health and safety. This is what Katie has undertaken, which and we'll, we'll explore that in just a moment. But raising the profile of those would be amazing. Many organisations do not utilise their levy. They treat it as a tax. Yeah. And I think if an organisation can shift their thinking around that, it would be incredibly valuable. Go and make use of your levy. 
coincide it, partner it with your social value program that you've got going on, create apprenticeship opportunities, not just for health and safety, but for for all the, Mm. the skills programs that you've got going on. I think there is a bit for me around organizations that can both actively go out and recruiting skill and talent but partner that with the grow your own timber as well you know and nurture your own skill set are always going to be far better positioned to deal with the challenges of the future than an organization that is just going to be buying in skill and buying in knowledge you know it's certainly worked well for our organization and i see it working well for many others Mm -hmm. so i think there's a bit around matching some of these agendas together around the health and safety your social value leveraging the levy that you might be paying into or even seeking other organizations to pledge their levy to you if you you know if you don't pay enough levy then pledge it you know we pledge levy money ourselves and raise the profile of the health and safety sector and the health and safety profession uh, and those professional roles to those schools and those colleges and their careers teachers and, and start to educate them about the opportunities that exist within your businesses because they do need educating. Yes, totally agree. That's uh, education. Yeah, that's another another good word, I think. We are hurtling towards the end, but as I mentioned at the beginning, we wanted to, I know that ARCO have got a very strong uh, apprenticeship program with some really good case studies that they often share. And it's a really good model, I think, generally for apprentices and and, and apprenticeship programs. So we've asked Katie Dale to come on as our, our, our special guest. As I mentioned, Katie was a health and safety apprentice and has just recently qualified as a, a safety, health uh, and environmental coordinator and has been doing so for the last couple of months. And Darren's obviously worked pretty close with Katie on that. So Darren, I'm going to hand back to you now. And if you could hand and, and start and, and ask Katie a, a few questions about her journey, we'd be really interested to hear about that. Yeah, that's great. And hello, Katie. Hello. Thank you for having me. Hey, no problem. And, and thanks for joining us. I wonder if you could just start us off with maybe telling us a little bit about your career and what led you to choosing to undertake an apprenticeship in health and safety. So I left school at 16 I didn't actually know what I wanted to do at the time so I went to college I then left college halfway through to do an apprenticeship but it was in um, business administration I did that for a couple of years and then I decided that actually there wasn't anywhere I could go in that role that I was in I did partake in some health and safety aspects in that job and I quite enjoyed it so I started looking for health and safety roles I stumbled across the sheet technician apprenticeship so I applied for that and yeah I um, did my interview in December and then started in the January 2021. Very good and you've completed your apprenticeship so congratulations on achieving that. Thank you very much. <laughs> you talked about the fact that you enjoyed certain aspects of or the health and safety aspects of that business admin role that you were doing before. What is it about health and safety that you find most engaging you find most enjoyable well when I was in that role I actually didn't know much about health and safety at the time so starting the role I was a bit going into the unknown shall we say but yeah since starting the role I enjoy it I enjoy a lot of the role because um it's just so diverse and there's so much that you get involved in that no two days are the same you get to undertake audits and that type of thing and inspections and you meet lots of people along the way as well I enjoy that but ultimately it makes me feel good knowing that I can 
make a positive difference in my role and being part of the team that helps ensure that people go home safe at the end of the day yeah that's what I enjoy no I love that that's great well I mean the apprenticeship has provided a great foundation for your health and safety career and I know we've had the opportunity to leverage some IOSH qualifications as well through that but what are your plans for the future at the moment, hopefully just continuing in my role just to develop that experience. But I want to go on to do the NEBOSH, the National Diploma in Occupational Health and Safety. Um, so that'll be the next step for me. Oh, that's great. Well, one last question for me. What advice would you give to others who are perhaps considering an apprenticeship in health and safety? Definitely go for it. I think health and safety is definitely one of the subjects that you either love or hate. It's a great industry that offers lots of opportunities. And yeah, if it's something that you want to go down, you won't regret it, I think, if you make that decision. So I would recommend it. That's great. Thanks very much, Katie. Back to you then, Mark. Thank you. Brilliant. Thanks so much, Darren. And thanks so much, Katie. And Katie, if I could just say as well, yeah, con- congratulations on qualifying. I think that's brilliant. Um, do you mind? Do you mind if I just ask you a question as well? I know we haven't planned for this and I'm throwing this on this by the side, but I thought it was really great that you said, you know, ultimately it's about helping people in in more ways than one. And yeah. we touched on it a bit before about like um, mental health as well as the auditing side as well. So there's, you know, a lot of processes that are, that are involved. But that diversity of, as you say, no day today is the same. Is that something you really, did you appreciate that it would be that? different if you see what I mean that it would have you'd have so many different hats to wear and, and do you enjoy that as well yeah I definitely enjoy that to be honest I want something I knew that it would evolve a variety of different things but yeah. it wasn't I didn't definitely know what I'd be doing but since taking the role um yeah the diversity is great meeting different people as well from different sectors yeah I do enjoy it brilliant well that Thanks very much again, Katie. I'm sure we'll keep in touch because it'd be great to hear more about you in SHP as well and how you can inspire other people to to come in as as well because you're such a good example. But but thanks again for being on the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Great. Well, we are yet pretty much towards the end now, I'm afraid to say, but... Darren, I'm now going to throw a curveball at you, which I should have um, perhaps told you, but this is it's a nice one, hopefully. And I always kind of ask people in the sector, you obviously enjoy what you do, Darren, and you, you, it must be great seeing people like Katie uh, really taking advantage and 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 starting to progress. But can I ask you, Darren, what, what you enjoy about your role, what it sort of in, inspires you? I think you've just encapsulated it. I mean, being able to create environments where people can learn and unlock their own potential and their own performance is exactly why you know I fill this chair, exactly why I do this job. I mean, I've been involved in training and development now for 22 years. And I think the other bit is I work in an organization that are absolutely significantly invested in their people. So, you know, I know that I don't have to fight too hard in our organization to get traction around investment and, and development mm. of people. We're really focused on spending all of our levy to the benefit, not just of the people inside the business, but also, you know, we're sponsoring apprenticeships externally. And it gives me a huge sense of fulfillment when I, mm. you know, you could get to a Friday and I can sit there and look at, look at all the people that we've been able to help. Yeah. And I think the the other bit for this, and, and I know that you don't, not everybody gets this opportunity, but I, I 
I believe in my core to the purpose of our business, which is to keep people safe at work. You know, everything we're doing is really focused on that, whether it be, you know, supporting Katie in the work that she does. And she's part of a, of a great team within the business that are keeping people safe in our work environments. But we're also training salespeople to go out there to help other organizations be far more hazard aware and offer the best possible solutions to keeping their people safe at work. So, it, yeah, it's a win win for me. And long may it go on. Perfect. Well, I really that's, I think that's the perfect place to end. It's been a fascinating topic to discuss. I'm sure there's plenty more that we can discuss and maybe we will in the future. But um, with that, Darren, I just, I'm just very grateful for you um, joining us on the episode. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for the chance. Right, so that's pretty much it. Just a few um, housekeeping bits before we head off. Um, if you are new to the Safety and Health podcast, please do go back and check out our previous episodes. Recently published a one on, on sleep apnea and fleet management, which was published last week, I think so. And I'll put a link below, which was which is very well worth listening to. If you like what you hear, hopefully you can follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast from. We are also available on your smart speaker, the marketing people tell me here. So simply ask to play the Safety and Health podcast. And we'd also be really grateful if you could rate us and comment on your chosen platform, as this will help us get the shows out to a wider audience. Finally, please do stay tuned into shponline.co.uk for all the very latest health and safety news. Uh, you can also sign up for our daily e-newsletter there. And that's it. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll see you on the next episode.